Turn to Psalms number 100, if you would. Just open your Bibles and set it down there on your laps for just a moment. My Lord, commands of me this day, comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith my God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. You talk about grace. Double. What our Lord gives you and I is more than sufficient. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for your God. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked shall be made straight. And the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. That's in Isaiah chapter 40. If you're open to this first psalm, that's where I want you. That's what the Lord says to me. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people. Cry in the wilderness. Prepare a way of the Lord to his people. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. When the Lord speaks to the heart of his loved one, he speaks peace. He speaks peace. I, I know. I know you're going through this, John. I know you're going through this. I know what it is. I've been tempted like you. I've had the temptations of this flesh thrown at me way harder than you folks or me will ever know. He knows what we're going through. He speaks peace. Be still to whatever beguiles you. Lord, speak to our hearts this day. We have come here this morning for a message from you. Lord, make it so. Lord, make it so. With wars and rumors of wars falling all around each and every one of us. With disturbances that are boiling up in our own families. Or maybe, maybe it is with you like it is with me. Maybe your sin, the sin of your flesh, is troubling you. I pray that it is. I pray that it is. I pray that my Lord will trouble me with my sin. You see, I have a big old huge log in my eye. A big log. 
I need to do with that, so Lord, trouble me. Trouble me with my log. Maybe one of those things that I just mentioned were troubling you. Where can we go, O oh Lord? Where can we go for the troubles of a sinner's soul? Only thou hast the words of life. We read, I read for you just a moment ago in Isaiah chapter 40, the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness. That's me. It says, prepare ye the way of the Lord. I'm here to preach to you this morning about a Savior. His name is Jesus, for he shall save his people. Make straight in the desert. You know what a desert is? A desert is a place where there's no water. Where there's nothing but death. You go out into the desert and there's bones. Dry weeds. Things that are shriveled up. Everywhere in this world where there is no gospel, where there is no gospel preached, is a desert with no water. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain shall, and hill shall be made low. The gospel of Jesus Christ wipes out those mountains, fills in those valleys so that we walk easily along through it. You don't have to walk up no hill. You don't have to walk down to the front of the aisle. You don't have to get into a baptism. Christ has done it all for his people. That's my job. How can I comfort you through the troubles that you're going through? I can tell you about the one who knows exactly what it is and has made the path clear for you. He's done it all. Everything that God requires for a man to be in the presence of God for eternity, Jesus Christ has provided Every mountain shall be made low, and every crooked, and, and, and the crooked shall be made straight. You don't have to go over here. Oh, oh you know, you've done that. You've gone over there. Now you've got to go over here. No, okay, now you've got to go over that way. That, no, there's one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus. Jesus Christ the Lord. And the rough place is plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. How do I prepare the way for the Lord? By telling you of Him. That's what John the Baptist did. When they came to him and asked him, Are you, are you the, the Messiah? Are you the one that we're supposed to be seeking? Uh, or are you one of the prophets? No, I'm not that one. I'm not him. I'm not the light of the world. The light of the world is the one I'm telling you about. I'm not even worthy to latch his shoes. I'm not worthy of anything from him, but he's given me the honor and the, and the privilege to come to people and say, he's the one. How do I prepare the way for him? I tell you about him. I tell you about the Lord Jesus Christ of whom all the fullness of the Godhead dwells in. 
That means all power in heaven and earth are His. That's what Scripture says that too. All life eternal has been given to Him to, to decide who it goes to. You know, I'm gonna just, you, we're still going to be in, in uh, Psalms. Just, just stay there. I, I'm going to go over real quick and just read this so I just don't so I can say it correct, correct. Because you know me, I'm old. I forget things. I could, I could tell it. You can tell me a person's name. Two minutes later, I forget what it is. Isabel, Elizabeth, Karen. See, I told you. <laughs> John 17, chapter one, or chapter 17, verse three. And this is life eternal. No, verse 2. And as thou hast given him power, speaking of our Lord and Savior, over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. How do I prepare the way for the Lord? By telling you of who he is. By telling you of what he's done, laying down his life for his people, perfectly shedding His blood for them, a perfect blood, a perfect Lamb of God, spotless as it is, paying the price in full for His people. How are you going to call upon someone you've never heard of? How are you going to call upon Him of whom you've never heard of? God sends a preacher one who is sent of God to make straight in this desert wilderness. This desert wilderness that each and every one of us walk in every day. It's called the valley of the shadow of death in Psalms 23. It's death to the reprobate. It's death to those who have not God. But it's life unto those who are loved of Him. It's only a shadow of that death to, whom, to those whom He loves. Those for whom He shed His precious blood for. Those that He died in their stead. The just, as He calls them, justified by Him, sanctified by Him, redeemed by Him, and called by Him. When a preacher of the truth brings the truth of Christ and Him crucified, the path is made straight. Because that's all it is. Christ and Him crucified. That's all I want to hear about. I want to hear about my Lord and what He's done for me. And that's my job is to come and tell you what the Lord has done for His people. If you're one of His, He's done it for you. Everything you need is in your Savior. The road is made straight. It's not crooked. It's not this way and it's not that way. The Word of God is sure... There are no maybes. In Matthew 7.13 we read these words, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go therein. In, in verse 14 we read this, Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few there be that find it. Does the creator of all that is need anything from me? Absolutely not. 
Our God is God over all creation. He could make a rock speak if he wanted to. He did make a donkey speak. Yet it pleases our Lord to send men, sinners, saved by his grace, to preach about his grace to sinners. Sinners for whom he will save by his grace. He sends us to clear out the paths of this world. And what is the result of clearing the way for our Lord? We considered this a little bit on Friday night. The tomb of Lazarus. <clears throat> Picture this. Lazarus has been dead for four days, buried long way. He's already starting to stink. Our Lord came to that tomb and what did he do? First thing he said was, roll away the stone. You know, we are often quoting him, Lazarus, come forth. And that's true, he did. And the power of God made Lazarus come forth. But the first thing that happened was the stone was rolled away. And what happens when you roll away a stone to a dark tomb? Light shines in. <laughs> the light of the world is what we're going to talk about for just a moment. You know what? I, mark your spot there in, in Psalms. Uh, I, I, turn over to Genesis chapter 1 real quick. I, I, as I was putting the message together, sitting there in my office yesterday, thinking about these things, this came to my mind. What's the first thing God that happened with God here? Look at verse Look at verse. Uh, well, let's just read verses 1 through 3. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light, and there was light. You see the relationship to that in the tomb? Roll away the stone. Light shines in. Now we're going to get to something here in just a moment. Go back to us. Go back to Psalms 100, if you would. And we'll look at that in just a second. But I got to get. I got to. I got to lay down the table. I got to set the table. I want to put the plates in the right place. I want to put the silverware where it should be going. We're going to have a banquet here today, folks. We're going to eat. Our souls are going to be filled. In order for me to continue doing that, setting the table, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, we read these words, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts. Does that bless you? I'll tell you, if you're a child of God, and you see that light as for what it is now, you will remember how dark it was before he did. He won't let you forget that. You don't want to forget that. You don't want to dwell on it because he's covered it. His light is shining now, but you won't forget the grace in our Lord and shining that light in your heart. But it doesn't finish there. It says, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Whew! There you go. 
That's the light that shines in our hearts. The knowledge of our Savior. We grow in grace and in what? In the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Folks, the sheep of God, the called out, the church, the whole assembly will hear the voice of God when cried out by His preachers. The straight way is the way of truth, and easy is His yoke. We read this in Matthew 11, verse 28. Our Lord says to us, Come unto Me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take My yoke upon you, He says, and learn of Me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Our Lord became flesh, a servant to you and I. He physically got down on his knees and washed the feet of his disciples. Do you know he does that to each and every one of us spiritually? He washes us. He washes our sins away with His blood. I am lowly in heart, He says, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Over in John chapter 10, some unbelieving folks asked, How long do you make us to doubt? After the Lord had told him that they believe not because they are not his sheep, he says these words, My sheep hear my voice. Do you hear the voice of Christ in scriptures today? Do you hear the message from God this morning? Why do we hear his voice? Why is it we hear his voice and others don't? In Romans 9.15 it says this, for he, God, saith unto Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion upon whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. You don't hear that from other pulpits. Other pulpits in the world around us preaching a worldly religion. They make a God like unto a man. He's done all He can. He's gone out and laid the framework. You need to come and help put the roof on. The God of Scriptures has done it all. Why do we hear His voice? Because He shows mercy unto some. God is merciful to His sheep. Are you with me in the 100th Psalm? Read beginning at verse 1. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God? It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people, and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. <clears throat> I 
Now I want to go back to verse 3. We're going to spend a little time right there in verse 3. You mark yourself, leave that marker right there because we're going to leave a couple times and come back. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. That's the first part of verse 3. If you know Him as He is, God in the flesh, look over at, verse, look over at Psalms 46. Turn, to the, turn back to a little bit to Psalms 46. If you know Him, If you know him as God in the flesh, you can sing these words. You know that's what a psalm is? It's a psalm. Listen to these words in Psalms 46, beginning at verse 1. God is our refuge. Those trials that we were talking about at the beginning of the service. How can I, how can I approach this trial in my life and I pray that you're able to say this same thing. Do you know God? Do you know who the true and living God is of Scriptures? If you do, then you can say these very words, God is my refuge. I can't tackle this thing myself. He is my refuge. He's already conquered it for me. Is it troubling? Is it painful? Oh, yes it is. But it's only for a time. It's only for a season. God is our refuge and strength and, very, and a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear through the earth, though the earth be removed and the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah, there is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. There is a river, a river of living water in our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, the gospel. The streams whereof shall make us glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her and that right early. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease under the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in the sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. And then hear these words. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Some of you folks may remember a day that was about 21 years ago, September 11th. Men hijacked airplanes and flew into buildings and killed thousands of people. Oh, what a terrible, terrible feeling went through my gut that day to see so many perish so fast. Our God brought that. Allowed 
the wickedness of those men's hearts to do what they did. <coughs> be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Sing out with me, folks. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. If we, if we belong to Him, if our names were written on His breastplate before the world was, then nothing can separate us from Him. He gave His only begotten Son as our substitute, as our sacrifice, as our propitiation, as our atonement. Know ye that the Lord is God? Do you know Him as He is revealed in Holy Scriptures? Revealed that all the fullness of the Godhead is manifest in His Son, Christ Jesus the Lord? He said to Doubting Tom, or, uh, Philip, Thomas, Doubting Thomas, said, said to His disciples, If you see Me, you have seen the Father. I repeat what I said a moment ago. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now the next point we see in that third voice of Psalm, verse of Psalm 100 is this, that it is He that hath made us, not we ourselves. We had nothing to do with our birth, did we? How many of you had a participation point to do with your birth between your mother and father? Nobody's going to raise their hand because none of you did. That's the exact same thing with our spiritual birth. The spirit that was once dead is now quickened. Quickened through the preaching of His Word of who Christ Jesus is, what He has done for us, and where He is right now. Quickened meaning given life to. Lazarus was dead. He stinketh. Yeah, the light shined in was the first thing that, shined, that happened after the rock was removed. But then the power of God spoke to that heart, that new heart that he had placed in a dead soul. Giving life to that soul, he said, come. Just as he has done to each and every one of us through the preaching of his word. It is he that hath made us, not we ourselves. We had nothing to do with our birth in our mother's womb, and we had nothing to do with our new birth. Only God can give life, and all eternal life has been put in the hands of our Savior. I read this a moment ago. Here it goes again, John 17, 2. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him, and this is eternal life that they might know. Know what? Know thee. Know the Lord. Know thee. The only true God in Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. The potter hath made us as it pleaseth him. Again, I want you to mark your text there and this time turn over to Romans chapter 9. We are His creation, some unto vessels of wrath, 
some fitted to destruction, and others vessels of mercy, aforetime prepared unto glory. In 1 Corinthians 15.10, we read these words, But by the grace of God I am what I am, and His grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. Paul was not talking about uh, what we normally say is, but for the grace of God, there go I. That's not scriptural. That was written by him, a hymn writer, even though it is true. Because it is by the grace of God that we don't go a certain direction. It is by His grace that we come this way at all. It was by His grace that Lazarus came forth out of the, out of the tomb. But what Paul is speaking about there when he says, but by His grace I am what I am, it's by the grace of God that I am a saved sinner. It is by the grace of God that He came and saved me from my sins by the works of His Son, the Lord Jesus. And grace which was bestowed upon me that was not bestowed in vain. Now read again the last part. Let me read again the last part of... Uh, uh, beginning at verse 14. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid for he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, and we're talking about the potter who has the right to do what he wants with his creation. The very one who chooses this and that, whose purpose is fulfilled in this and that. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for this time, for the same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Just about everybody's heard about the Lord splitting the Red Sea. Just about everybody's heard about a man named Jesus. Just about everybody's heard about the story of Noah flooding and, the, and the flooding of the world. Pharaoh was raised up. You know, he was the most powerful man on earth at that time. He was so powerful that he thought himself to be a god. People worshipped him as a god. Yet all the power that he had on this earth was nothing more and what God had given him and placed in him to destroy him, that the world would see the power of God in delivering his people. I have raised thee up that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and look at these next words, and whom he will he hardeneth. That will say then unto me, Why doth ye yet find fault? For who hath resisted his will? Nay, nay, nay. But, O oh man, who art thou that repliest against God? Who are you to question the wisdom of God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Folks, the ways of God are above our ways. We think we know a lot, don't we? We, we know so much that we make gods just like us. Some make gods just like us out of wood. Others make gods just like us out of their flesh. Why hast thou made me thus? Hath not the potter power over the clay 
of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another to dishonor? Does God not have the right to do what He will with His creation? What if God, willing to show His wrath and to make His power known, endured with long suffering? I'll tell you, He's been suffering a long time. Suffering meaning patiently waiting. He's been patiently waiting. He'll patiently wait until that very last one for whom he shed his blood for is called out of darkness. Then it's over. What if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, that he might make known? Here's why. Here's why the sheep of God hear His voice. That, in, that He might make known the riches of His glory on the vessels of mercy which He had afore prepared unto glory, even us whom He hath called, not the Jews only, but also the Gentiles. Now I'll go back to our text in Psalms 100 if you would. Now I'll wrap this up pretty quick here. Just give me another minute or two if you would. Look at the last part of Psalms 100 verse 3. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. That's the title of my message this day. Sheep of His pasture. John 10 verse 27 it says these words, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Folks, you got troubles in your life? Yeah. God has conquered our troubles already. I know it doesn't feel like it at this moment, but trust me, God's word is true. I shall give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. The world hates election. They say it's not fair. They say God should give everyone an opportunity to come to Him. Folks, He does. What? That's not what you just said, John. Yes, it is. The call goes out to everyone. The Word of God is a two-edged sword. Come unto Jesus. Believe on Him. Whosoever believeth on Him shall have everlasting life. Dead people can't hear, though. The call goes out, but no one will believe while they are in their unregenerate nature. And this is where the grace of God comes in because you and I were right there with them. We were in that spot. See how the grace of God grows before us every time we look at it? I know we looked at this last Sunday, didn't we? We looked at it the Sunday before. I have no doubt, though I don't, couldn't hear what was preached, that those two men that came here, the guest preachers, they preached the same message. Christ in Him crucified, saved by sovereign grace. It's the same message. But it grows and it grows and it grows. 
I come to love my Lord more and more. Do you? Because of His grace for me. No one will believe while they are in their unregenerate state. The truths of God are enmity. They're contrary to the natural man. And this is why the Lord told Nicodemus, Ye must be born again. This is the grace of God. Some are sheep of His pastor, and He came to call His sheep. Look over at John chapter 10 for just a moment. Matthew chapter 25, verse 32. You don't need to turn there. Let me read it for you. And before Him shall... Uh, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And then he says in verse 33, And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. Oh, I didn't read that. John chapter 10, beginning at verse 1, says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, John chapter 10, beginning at verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice, and a stranger will they not follow, but will flee with him, for they know not the voice of strangers. One last time, back in our text, one last time, if you would, Psalms 100. This time I'd like you to read, beginning again at verse 1, and I want you to skip over verse 3. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name, for the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. Now three, know ye... Because of all those things, you can do all those things. You can enter into His gates. You can make a joyful noise. You can serve the Lord with gladness. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Let me read from verse, let me read the 93rd Psalm for you. You can turn over there real quick if you like. Psalm number 93. This is why it said we just read back there in 100. Know ye not that the Lord He is God? Look here at verse one of chapter uh, of uh, Psalm 93. The Lord reigneth; He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed with strength wherewith He hath girded Himself. The world also established that it cannot be moved. Over in uh, Psalm 97, one page over to the right. Psalm 97, beginning at verse 1. The Lord reigneth, let the earth rejoice, let the multitude of isles be glad thereof. Clouds and darkness are round about Him, righteousness and judgment are the habitation of His throne. Our Lord reigneth. 
You know what that means? That means he is sovereign over everything. I love using the word. What 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 denomination are you, John? What you're you're a pastor for a church? What what denomination are you folks up there? Well, the title on the church says Baptist. It has to because it's been that way for a long time, and it's a real. It's almost impossible to jump through the hoops of California and change it to this, but I tell them sovereign grace. I don't even use the word Baptist in it anymore. The word Baptist nowadays is mixed up with so many different kinds of Baptists out in the world, you just don't know what you're getting. It's that crooked path. It's that path with the hills. It's that path with the valleys. Sovereign grace is a straight path right along. It means all things are ruled by Him, and we are saved by His grace. Our Lord says to you and I right now, Be not afraid, dear child of the Most High. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. One more, if you would, Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over, surely, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen.